Welcome back, everyone, to another episode here at Rabbit Hole Stories. And today we had Tony on from the Bitcoin Way. And I have to say, hey, Ian, what a charismatic guy. He's full on energy. He goes full into it, what he's saying. Uh, very knowledgeable. He has a cryptography and a uh, IT background. And all in all, you know, very proactive to getting more people on board. 100% Joel and the en the energy this guy's got is great because what it reminded me of is that when you sort of really fully understand the value that bitcoin has you, you it, i don't know it's almost like this self-perpetuating machine of energy that it gives you right it gives you this sort of new drive this purpose and uh you've got tony at the helm uh, of the bitcoin way and he's sort of all about self-sovereignty and guiding people towards that and uh, and educating people the value of that and in this episode we go into etf bitcoin versus actual self-sovereignty bitcoin we touch on uh, lebanon and various other sort of avenues of this rabbit hole and it's a fascinating one and um if you guys uh, were, were sort of confused about how to get into self-sovereignty um they offer a 30 minute free call um for anyone that might be wanting to sort of like go that way and i'm most definitely encourage you to do that but i won't delay anyone else let's go straight into this rabbit hole and uh for everyone else out there thank you for your finite time and as always stay curious hello fellow rabbit hole dwellers yet another week here and happy new year to all of you um today we've got the brilliant tony yazbek who is the co-founder educator and consultant with the bitcoin way whose mission is apparently to empower individuals and businesses to take control of their finances embrace financial sovereignty and navigate the world of bitcoin with confidence tony it's an absolute pleasure to be hosting you here today at rabbit hole stories how has your day been thank you so much man i'm really happy to be here my day has been fantastic it's been a roller coaster of events you know <laughs> since since the beginning of the year and it shows no signs of slowing down anytime soon <clears throat> no 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 it does not absolutely and it's been uh, an up and down roller coaster ride within the last 48 and 72 hours and what's your immediate reaction to this whole etf approval and uh, do you have any insights for us that you want to share yeah, my, my, my immediate reaction is I expect a tsunami of, un, of unknowns coming our way very, very quickly. Uh, you know, like we've right. never seen anything like this before. We've never had anything like this before. No one really knows how it's going to play out, even those involved, you know, in the ETFs. I mean, they, they understand why they're in it. But, you know, we've never had this movie before. We're, we're you know, we're producing <laughs> it as we go along in real time for the first time in history. Yeah, it's almost like uh, they've jumped in and now the whole space is spinning around trying to sort of orientate themselves to try and understand what the impact is for Bitcoin and uh, all the boomers that are now investing in uh, indirectly into Bitcoin and what the impact that's going to have. And obviously, at, at the time of filming this, we've had this as in less than 24 hours since it's been approved at the time of recording and it's spiked right up to like 50,000 and it's tanked right down again. So I, I sense a lot of volatility in, in the short term, but long term it's going to have obviously a number go up impact that we haven't yet really been able to yet comprehend and i don't know if you share that opinion tony yes for sure i mean uh, we've never had anything like bitcoin in the existence of, of humanity you know something that is fixed and finite in supply no matter what you know it's uh, nothing nothing and no one can change that rule but at the same time, you know, we've got an infinite demand shock, you know, just waiting, waiting at the gates to, uh, to, un to, to unleash right into this one asset that everybody, everybody's going to want once they understand, you know, why it's such a big deal. 
you know, for the first time you have an asset money, you know, that, you know, that that's a store of value, a currency, but more importantly, that no one can take away from you and that you need nobody's permission to use, you know, and nobody can dictate, you know, how much of it you spend, where you spend it, you know, and all, and all that stuff. That's why it's such a big deal. It is literally your key to living a free life. And what I find super interesting is I now get, you know, we all get this probably. You get forwarded the links by your friends and family and, you know, they see, uh, I don't know, who's been on TV today, like the Fanex CEO. And they go, um, oh, have you seen? He says the same thing you say. And you go like, yes, I know. But like, because I, when I said it, you didn't believe me. And not because he says it, you believe him. But you know, the saying he says is still true, but like, don't believe him. Like, you're immediately in this fighting position. But obviously, you know, if you look at it from the bigger picture, it does obviously help if you then have these, uh, you know, Christmas dinners and your uncles have invested into these things. You can then sort of poke out the elbows and go like, yeah, you know, it's a start, but like, you should own proper Bitcoin and not like paper Bitcoin. So I I see it as like an evolution, but um, it's definitely been a wild 24 hours. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this whole ETF is going to be uh, one massive uh, crash course in in, uh, monetary education for so many people. I mean, a lot of folks that haven't touched Bitcoin all this time, they haven't touched it simply because out of, you know, lack, part of it is laziness, that's for sure, it plays a big role. But, you know, there's a lot of ignorance and just fear, you know, fear that this can't possibly be true. It's too good. You know, somehow the government is going to shut it down. It really always comes back down to this fear of the government, like the big, big bad wolf that is somehow cemented from now to eternity and that nobody can get around and nobody can, you know, escape from, which is ludicrous. So um, that's where, you know, a lot of the hesitation, a lot of the fear, a lot of the, you know, all the excuses that kept folks from taking the time to learn about Bitcoin, they all fall along somewhere, you know, in, uh, in, the, in, the, in those descriptions. But now all of a sudden, you know, when the big boys, you know, those that have um, the trillion dollar balance sheets. Now, when they say it's cool, wow, now all of a sudden, you know, Bitcoin, well, it's not so bad after all. Let's take a look. You know, maybe we can make some money out of this. But, you know, in, initially, a lot of folks are going to go into the ETF thinking they're going to make money in US dollars or in, or in fiat, <laughs> which is, you know, the, the whole premise of these things that they've still understood categorically nothing about money. The whole premise of Bitcoin is to replace that garbage and, you know, to finally understand that you've been living a scam for the past hundred years, a hundred years, you know, but that's been created by a group of professional thieves sitting right next to a money printer where they're living like kings and you're that little, you know, useless and meaningless peasant that has to work for it all the time. But, you know, every, every Ponzi, you know, has its expiry date. And now we're really at the end of it when things you know, are blowing up all over the place and people are realizing, hey, I can't afford anything anymore. My salary is X, but my expenses are X times 10. So the fuck do I do? Like, how do I pay for this? So then you realize, you know, that, this, that this, something's wrong. And, you, you know, when, you, when, you're finally, when it finally clicks that you're spending your time and energy to make, to earn toilet paper, debasing money, that not only is losing value like at a, at a crazy rate, but that is controlled and manipulated by someone that doesn't give a damn about you. Whether you live or die, they don't care. For you, you're just like some meaningless number. So 
when you understand this, but to understand this, you need to unlearn, like be willing to unlearn everything you thought was, you know, was the truth. So, and I've said this before, you know, like not, not many people take nicely to accepting that they've been an idiot, essentially your, their whole lives. And now all of a sudden they have to accept that, you know, we have to change the mindset. This is how we have to think now, and this is how we have to act, and this is our exit, you know? So the hesitation in a, in a big way comes because of that, at least in my experience, based on my conversations with hundreds of folks. Tony, you hit the nail on the head in the sense that when you uh, when it first clicks, it's that that's what it means going down a rabbit hole ultimately, isn't it? it it's the, the realization that something isn't quite right here. And that's when you start going on this journey of unlearning everything. You, you, you sort of try and think of things or see things through the Bitcoin lens, right? And it, it causes you to sort of fall deeper down this rabbit hole. And I've got this sort of visual of, of uh, the Bitcoin way with a, with a fork in the road as now the ETF is an option for people to go down. And you're like, no, stop, go this way, not that way. And and uh, I'm just curious as to how that has evolved for you and how you've come into now co-founding the Bitcoin way and, and trying to show people the right way to go. And you're, now you guys are at the helm. What is it that you're trying to do um, to try and encourage and educate people to come into Bitcoin? And how is it that you ended up being the person that thought, you know, this is something that's needed uh, within the not only the ecosystem, but as an avenue for people to get into understanding what self-sovereignty self self-sovereignty is? I understood Bitcoin, unfortunately, from a from a from a from a terrible story. You know, I, I you know, hands on witnessed the destruction of the financial economy in Lebanon, where literally overnight people's bank accounts were wiped clean, um, and you know they were kicked out of the, uh, kicked out of them, you know, from one day to the next. When you live through something like this, you know, you will you will never forget it, because you know it's one thing to listen to it in theory, somebody telling you a story, but when you're actually you know touching it, feeling it, living it, it's unlike anything you can possibly imagine. It is the most painful, psychological, mental, whatever you want to call it, that you can ever go through. And I don't wish that on anyone. So when that happened, you know, you have two choices. You know, you, you're like, my life is over or I have to do something to get back up. But it's, easy, it's easier said than done now. But in the moment, it feels almost like an impossible position to to get back up from you know because your entire life your whole life like this gone it's like a it's like a light switch so if i were if i were to come to you now and just like take away everything you own leaving you with exactly the clothes that you're wearing and the change in your pocket and that's it what do you do right so and this is exactly what happened and so when you go through something like this i was like I have two options. Either I go the dark road with the dark thoughts that go through your head, or you try to find a solution. So I'm sitting here now, obviously, I wanted to find a solution. And that's what gets you into the rabbit hole to understand how can something like this possibly happen to someone like me? Okay, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've been in cybersecurity encryption. You know, I don't consider myself an idiot. But if something like this can happen to me, like what the fuck, man? There is something going on that I was not aware of. And this is what led me down the rabbit hole 
to start digging and digging and digging. And then COVID was the icing on the cake. COVID was the icing on the cake that confirmed for me without a shadow of a doubt that this world that we live in is a criminal organization at work, nothing more. There's a bunch of psychopaths that think they have the right to play God to dictate how you live your life. And unfortunately, for the last three years, 80% of the population have confirmed without a shadow of a doubt that they're brain dead, with lacking, the, lacking the capacity to think for five minutes to question, wait a minute, something is not right. Why is it not right? Most folks didn't even do it. Why? Oh, because the government said so, so it has to be right. Okay, you fucking idiot. Now you injected something into your body that you can't take out. Congratulations. Now that the truth has finally come out, now what are you going to do? Now you're going to keep your mouth shut because you don't dare, you know, admit that you fucked up, you know, and, and, and like take the right, right measures. But thankfully, there's a bigger portion of the population that have seen that, you know, and are, and are understanding that none of this stuff made sense. And now they're you know, taking the right steps to learn why. And when you realize that this whole thing comes down to money, that this whole ring of professional thieves are behind this, there's nothing you won't do to get out of the system. And thankfully, we do have something like Bitcoin. Satoshi Nakamoto, he, she, they, whoever they are, they understood this a long time ago. And they created this and they released it, hoping, praying that it would go unnoticed long enough that the decentralization of it would expand to a certain point where it cannot be stopped. Thankfully, that happened. Because had these crooks been paying attention to this the, in 2009, 2010, you know, in the early days, they could have easily killed it. They, you know, they had, you had nowhere near the, um, the level of decentralization that we, that we have now. But, but they didn't. They thought it was like some Mickey Mouse money, internet scam, whatever it is. They, they ignored it. <laughs> And, uh, How wrong were they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now, you know, fast forward to today. Now, all of a sudden, you've got, you know, the world's biggest institutions, you know, the, the Black Rocks, the Vanguards, the, all these guys. It's a flight to quality. Wow. You know, and now all of a sudden, the lazy folks were like, oh, have you heard of this thing called Bitcoin? Understand? It doesn't really matter, though, because ultimately everybody's going to get affected by this Ponzi. You may, those, you know, those that have a larger number of zeros in their bank account, it might take them a little bit longer, but ultimately, you know, they're, they're, they're in the same system of that leaking bucket. So eventually those zeros are gonna go from whatever they are to one zero, you know, just like it did to the folks in Argentina, Venezuela, Lebanon, there's no place on earth where you think you're going, you're hiding, where you think you're, that you're immune. It doesn't exist. That's like an illusion that you may be, you know, telling yourself. So once you understand this and you start reading the books and you're listening to folks, you know, that have also done the work and are also trying to put the truth out. Well, then, you know, that's it. Once it clicks, there's no way to unclick it. And why did we put, we put the Bitcoin way together? is because we understood that this Bitcoin is technology, okay? It's, it's involved, there's like, it's, most folks are not tech folks. Uh, sitting in front of a computer is, is, is very daunting to a lot of people. Just sitting in front of a computer, let alone 
doing air gapped wallets, setting up nodes, you know, doing all that. That's like, whoa, you know, it's like it's a foreign language. Not many people are going to jump headfirst into it, even if they understand that it's the it's the solution to their problem. They just won't do it. And some of them will go as far as not even admitting that they need help. They'll just stay quiet and not do anything and just blow up you know, because, because of something as silly as this. So we put together this Bitcoin way in order to ha help fa onboard as many people as possible into proper Bitcoin self-custody by doing all the work for them. So you're not good on a computer, no problem. You don't have to be good. You just have to be able to follow instructions you know, that we will guide you, like we'll break it down into baby steps that anybody can understand, plain English. And by the time we're done, we will take weeks, months, years of studying that you would have done on your own in a matter of hours. And you will go from zero to airtight in no time. That's what this, this is what we're doing. And at the same time, you know, providing the education, the knowledge, the truth about what this is about, where the value of this comes in, why it's important, why you must consider it, you know? And this is our mission. And for us, there is no turning back, you know, I mean, and obviously we're not alone in this space. There's many folks like us doing this, but we are, um, we are very gung-ho on sticking to the Bitcoin ethos. We do not sway. This is why, you know, all the products that we work with are only open source or verifiable source. We disqualify anything and anyone that supports censorship, functions with chain analysis. All of that bullshit is out. You know, we're not here to play by the rules of a system that Bitcoin was designed to replace. That system must go. It's in the best interest of no one except those who designed it. So that's, you know, that's the message that ultimately I believe that more the world will finally understand. It might take a long time for some people. You know, everybody functions at their own pace, but ultimately the Ponzi will affect you in a way that you won't be able to withstand anymore. And you're going to look for a solution, an explanation that makes sense. And ultimately, they're all roads <laughs> lead to Bitcoin. 100%. And um, what always people look for when they are about to board a, a ship is a strong passion and, and uh, well-focused um, uh, uh, captain at the helm. And... Uh, I get that sense of energy from you that you're the guys that are allowing people to to come on board and you're going to navigate in those choppy waters. And sometimes it can be a little bit complex and um, hard to understand how to actually uh, do those steps towards self-sovereignty. And uh, it's, it's, it's a testament to you guys that, that you're trying to get people not only to um, understand how important it is that you should become self-sovereign, but also uh, these are the ways to do it. And then hopefully that can get the signal out there to a wider sort of community, um, you know, and it's not always been easy to, to self-custody Bitcoin. And as technology advances, it does get easier and easier, but, you know, we're still in that transition phase. Now that Bitcoin has gone mainstream with Wall Street and things like that, again, they sort of obviously kick out their own narratives, right? And sort of build their own ships and invite people on that. So you guys got to sort of obviously continue that um, signal that you're putting out there. And we're more than happy to help you do that and get that signal out there. And uh, one of the things that I picked up on in your original sort of um, 
communicating to us about Bitcoin is this criminal organization that you referred to and uh, how people are just sort of like willing to go, uh, be the lambs to the slaughter, if you like. And part of that, I think, is because they've co-opted fucking everything, you know, including uh, education and uh, the media, uh, uh, big pharma, uh, whatever sort of industry you want to sort of bring up, they've co-opted it and they've they've corrupted the core of the essence of, of what how, how we uh, understand that our perspectives in the world, right? And uh, it's, it's difficult to sort of communicate something as beautiful as Bitcoin. And you say Satoshi Nakamoto, it's almost like too good to be true, right? And then they start sort of like remembering all the FUD that the media have put out there about it and then <clears throat> the more sort of you talk about it in the way that you've be, just been articulating it to us you know people think oh that it starts triggering off conspiracy theories and and people are just so confused and gaslit that it's hard for them to actually understand that we, you know the signal we're trying to put out there is for everyone's benefit yeah absolutely so i mean it's uh no, no i i completely agree it's very hard for someone to accept that they've been fooled you know let alone admit yeah. that you know they understand that they've been fooled. It's, it's not an easy thing. And self-custody, you know, it's not that it's hard. You know, like I say this a million times, it's just new. And yes, it is technology. So if you've never lived in that world, you know, the tech world on a computer, doing things online and all that, it couldn't be very hard to conceptualize something that you can't hold with your hands, you know? It's like, you know, if I give you like a barrel of diamonds and gold and I put it in your living room and I tell you, well, this is yours now, but you need to, you know, protect it. You know, the, the amount of infinite ideas that will come to you to protect this barrel are almost instant. But because Bitcoin is something virtual, it's, you know, it's out there, right? Not many people's brains are able to wrap around the fact that this thing actually has a value because of X, Y, and Z, right? And this is where, you know, taking the time to sit down, learn, understand, we live in the tech world, we're not going back to the stone age, you know, there's no typewriters anymore, you know, computers, now we have AI, so it's like computers on steroids. You have to accept that this is the world that we're living in and it's only going to keep going in that direction. No one's going backwards. So, and fundamentally, in order to live a free life, you cannot put yourself in a position where someone will decide what you can do with the, with the number one most important thing in your life, which is money. Because without it, you're nothing. You can't do anything without your money. So why would you voluntarily put yourself in a predicament where you have to ask permission, you have to fill out forms, you have to do God knows what to access your funds? And despite all of this, at some point, you're very likely going to be in a position where you won't even get to these funds anymore because they, they don't exist as it is. You know, there's no money in the bank. The money that you have on the, in the bank, that's an illusion. You only see a monopoly number on a screen. That's all you have. Yeah, that's so. And it doesn't matter whether you have $100 or a billion dollars. All these zeros are Mickey Mouse, you know, monopoly money on a screen. The money itself doesn't exist. So you need to get yourself out of that mindset for one and, and into something that nobody can debase, nobody can steal, you know, put your time and energy into something that's worthwhile and live a free life. Because if your life gets attached to a digital ID and a number score, what's the difference between you and a village donkey at that point? 
There's, abso there's, absolutely, there's absolutely no difference, right? So mm, definitely. What kind of life do you want to live? You know, and as I've said again in the past, if you have kids, what kind of a role model do you want to be as a parent to those kids? What kind of future do you want them to live in? Do you want them, you bring them into this world, they have no choice, you know? So, but then you put them into a future where they, their fate is the life of a village donkey. Why? They don't deserve it. They didn't ask for this. So we're at a, we're at a, like a, almost like at a historical point in time where if we don't make the move and make the effort to turn the tides, you're fucked. They're fucked. And this is, you know, this is also part of the knowledge and education, you know, that needs to be passed on um, and repeated as often as it takes until it finally clicks. Now, unfortunately, in my opinion, I think most people are going to get completely destroyed before they accept to listen. Human nature. Sometimes you can't change this. If we're sitting here having this conversation, anyone who's in Bitcoin today, I consider, I consider them blessed because most, the general population is clueless. They have no idea. And those that may have heard it, they still doubt it for whatever stupid reason. So they're cursed in that sense. You know, you can sort of consider them cursed because they have to go through the pain to understand that this was not a conspiracy theory. It wasn't like uh, some crazy guy blabbing, you know, on the internet somewhere. You know, this was a real message, you know, like geared to help you. But you, for whatever reason, decided to ignore it for, that was your decision. So now you have to live by the consequences of that decision. And we're trying to avoid the pain for as many people as possible by helping them, you know, go from point A to point B as quickly and smoothly as possible. And that's it. Yeah, and you bring up an interesting, or you brought up an interesting point before with technology. I think this is an argument we in the Bitcoin community often also forget, because we've done, I don't know, if you've installed multiple wallets, if you backed up your seats multiple times, you know, you get familiarized with these things. You know how it works, you know the differences in these things. Um, but if you obviously do it for the first time, it's a daunting step. But, you know, so has been uh, for the people who stepped into the first car at one point. Like for them, it was super dangerous. These days, like I take the bus, I take the trains if I go to the city, you know, you wouldn't even think about it. So I think sometimes it also helps that we in the community sit back and go like, right, I think we're very enthusiastic. We all wanted to succeed, but we have to really take people at where they're at. And this is why I like what you guys offer at the Bitcoin way. Um, because I imagine that there could be people who could be, I don't know, 18, who, who, I don't know, are not familiar with computers up to, I imagine, 70, 80, even 90 years old, who want to step in and want to have your help. You don't really differentiate there in any way. Or do you focus on a specific age group or something? No, we, we, we focus on anyone that asks for help. Most, most of the people that we've cons we consult with so far have been um, like late 50s and up. We've had clients even you know into their 80s that are completely sovereign from beginning to end solid as anything in their comprehension very very impressive human uh, in individuals and you know like it's for everyone you just have to be willing to sit down and just listen that's it 
and and we've streamlined the process really really well i mean i bring a lot of knowledge from the whole cybersecurity encryption world into bitcoin so we're not strictly following a manual as to how to set up a cold wallet and a node i mean yes obviously you, there are some commonalities that you have to adhere to but we bring in a lot of extra stuff into the mix in order to really solidify your uh, your ecosystem i mean you're essentially being your own bank so that bank needs to be as bulletproof as you can possibly be and this is an ongoing process it's not like a set it and forget it like i, I can consult with you now set you up from a to z perfectly but in six months you know the, the, the you know the, the environment would change there's new stuff that's out new utilities new tools the technology is, is, is always moving so we stay on top of these things you know whether it's software updates upgrades all of that stuff. If there's new ways of fine-tuning a setup, we'll call you up. We'll tell you, all right, man, listen, we have this now. We can improve this by X, Y, and Z. I strongly recommend we do it. And we do that. If you have inheritance plan, that's also critical that those are kept relevant because you know we can set it up perfectly now. But if you pass away in 50 years and you haven't touched it, well, you know, whoever's coming after you in 50 years may not be able to do anything with that plan that you've created today. So that as well is an ongoing progression. And like, this is part of our services. You know, this is why we offer these ongoing remote support services because it's IT, Bitcoin, it's money, but it's IT at the same time. And previously, cybersecurity was really for design. It was like an enterprise market now it's a worldwide market because you know it's protecting the one thing that everybody has no option but to have which is money and so we bring a lot of that value into this whole into our consults and people are finding it extremely valuable extremely enriching um, in the knowledge you know like i mean we're doing most of the work so that's fine but at the end of it they fully understand um, what it is that they have what it is that we've done and how to use it as almost as simply as a credit card, you know? Yeah, and you, uh, actually, if you think about it, even fiat money, if you, if you look at it these days, um, I mean, we have our, like, you know, closed-end banking apps, and, like, you have your Google Pays and your Apple Pays and these things. This is still software and IT. If I think about how often I, uh, like, my, my granddad, for example, he doesn't like the bank cards, but he recently found out that his bank also offers, uh, um, not Google Pay, uh, Apple Pay, sorry. So he asked me, like, can you install it? Can you show it to me? And I did show it to him, but I already went, like, I don't think he can use this. And this is a very, you know, simple interface if you think about it. Like if you have biometric data, you scan, you verify, you tap, you pay, that's it. Um, but the more you actually look into the system, the more you see these little steps. And from having people and friends who work in banks, I know that like legit 30% of a bank is just a software business because they keep the business afloat, especially the trading floors. We had uh, Nicholas Gregory on, didn't we, Ian? That's right, who yeah. spoke about his past in New York when he used to work for a bank. And like, you know, the traders would call him up. They didn't know how shit works. And um, the software would break. Um, he had to write the algos and these things. So if you really think about it this way, Bitcoin is probably the first 
a form of money where, yes, it is software at its core or it's IT at its core, as you said, but it evolves into so much more because you can actually own that that code, that part, that IT, whatever you want to call it, and you're not dependent on these third parties. Yes, there's no counterparty risk with Bitcoin. You're the one responsible for your assets. If you make a mistake or screw up, you know, well, then it's on you. But you, but you can't, you, you know, you're not in a position where somebody else can steal your funds. You know, that's, that, that, that's a big, big deal. Something like we've never really had before. So, um, you know, but people need to, need to, need to learn it. That's it. Sure. Sure. Uh, you mentioned inherence before. Um, and one of the things I, I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night or anything, but, you know, you do start thinking about these things. What if there are people, you know, in my age, you stack an entire amount of uh, sats early on, you, you get family, you know, you continue stacking just a little bit less because you've got kids and they get expensive um, and life gets more expensive. But you continue doing this route, you save for the future, potentially for your kids or your relatives. Um, and for some weird reason, like you said, you don't do that inheritance backup. You don't inform your relatives. And potentially once you die and you didn't do any of these measurements, uh, those Bitcoin, I wouldn't say are lost, but you know, they're not where they should be in their rightful place. Do you think with time continuing the way it has evolved now, we'll see better solutions for this as well? Or is this also one of this mindset shift that we need to get over the hump? Because how, how you know, big is the chance of actually people leaving inheritance and forgetting about it? No, things will definitely improve. I mean, like with any technology, it, it gets better. It doesn't get worse. It gets simpler, you know, and as it becomes more, as this use case becomes more widespread and mainstream, you know, new ideas, new utilities, new apps come out that, you know, instead of something taking, for example, six steps to complete, it'll take, you know, two steps or one step. Um, but fundamentally, at least in the short term, it's going to take a lot of education. You know, like, I mean, if you've, if you've got kids or family, you know, that uh, have no idea what you've done, you have to take the time to explain it to them. Whether they resist you or like, you know, object to it, it doesn't really matter. They need to learn it at some point, somehow. You have to figure out a way to get that, you know, message into their heads. Because if they don't and something happens to you, then you've just donated whatever you had to the rest of the Bitcoin community. So everybody here will thank you very much. But, you know, if, if you've intended this for your family, well, then... You know, they're not going to be very happy, even though ultimately it's, you know, also on them for not, you know, wanting to do the work. So for 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 people that are in situations like this, you know, like I mean, you don't want to be antagonistic. You know, it's not supposed to be a fight. It's supposed to be a conversation. And but, you know, you 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 approach it depending on the individuals, you know, like you have to figure out the sweet spot in terms of how to deliver that message and teaching them how to use the tech. I mean, we have like a whole bunch of, you know, uh, procedures that we, we implement that are, you know, very helpful. But, you know, with some people, you have to get creative in order to, uh, to go from point A to point B. It's as, it's as simple as that. Hopefully, maybe in five, 10 years, who knows? I mean, something that takes me 10 steps to do now, maybe I'll do it in half a step, in one step, you know, it'll, and with the same, same result. And then it'll be easier for people to just press a button and ultimately, you know, do what they want. But one thing that I don't think will ever change is that the responsibility, no matter how simplified the tech is, the responsibility is going to still be on the individual if you want to truly own this asset. 
If you think you're going to leave your Bitcoin somewhere and assume that it's going to be okay, well then you haven't learned anything and you're going to again repeat the mistakes of the past and get completely wrecked. You know, if something were to go bad and you get rug pulled, you know, like many others before you. So I don't think that responsibility aspect of things will ever change, no matter how simplified the tech becomes. You still have to understand that if you fuck up, it's game over. There's no refund button. And I always advise people, don't never take or never get um, seduced or suckered in by the conveniences that may be presented to you. You know, like you're going to have services. Come give us your Bitcoin and we'll give you a Disneyland of, of features. A lot of people are going to think they hit the jackpot. But you know, there's nothing is free, right? There's always something. If you're not always the custodian of your own Bitcoin, you are taking a risk. So that ETF may be amazing in the sense of bringing you know, global attention to Bitcoin taking it mainstream, for sure it's going to do this. It's a, it's a very positive and bullish um, thing for Bitcoin, that's for sure. But at the same time, you cannot ignore that Bitcoin ETF is not real Bitcoin. It's no different than an IOU. You know, they, are, they, are, they have to hold the Bitcoin that people buy, you know, like one-to-one, but they're selling you a whole, you know, buffet of financial services over, you know, around that Bitcoin. If you want to cash out, you're not cashing out in Bitcoin. You're cashing out in U.S. dollars or whatever fiat currency you, you, that, that you're in. That's all. So you're, you're not cashing out in anything valuable. You're cashing out in a debasing currency, in toilet paper, again. Okay? So I suspect that the first step is getting the attention into the space. Then once a lot of folks are in it, at some point, I think there's going to be a greater percentage of them that will start asking more questions as to, you know, why can't I withdraw this in Bitcoin? Why do I have to take it out in U.S. dollars? I don't want U.S. dollars. You know, and then when they realize why they can't, you know, then, you know, they start maybe taking measures into understanding that they have to take it out in self-custody and, you know, all, all, all that entails. But that, I think, is going to take time. But ultimately, I think it's coming. It is coming because, you know, you, what's, the, what's the alternative? The alternative is not in your best interest. 100%. And all, all that glitters is not Bitcoin, right? You know, they could, they could, they could uh, be sort of like promising you this, that and the other, but ultimately it's not Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the actual value. Uh, and that's where the value lies and where it will continue to stay. And this is the thing when it comes to inheritance is the thing that keeps me up at night is I've worked hard. I've understood. I've done all the many hours of understanding Bitcoin. I'm exploring this rabbit hole. It's part of the reason why I've set up this podcast with Joel is to understand other people's perspectives so I can really relearn, unlearn, get different perspectives. And I feel that like I'm putting in the work to sort of fully understand the value and to put the signal out there of what Bitcoin is. And if I've got some uh, uh, way of, you know, passing that on to uh, people that I love most in the world, are they going to treat it in the same way as I do? Do they understand the importance and value that Bitcoin has um, in the same well, not necessarily the same way. It doesn't have to be the same way, but with the same sort of understanding of what that value is. And I suppose then the, the, the job 
lays on me as the individual to sort of like try to educate them and put that signal out there in ways that they can understand so they win uh, if ever they do get hold of uh, the the hard work that I've accumulated for on behalf of them that they can continue holding that mantle forward for me um, all at the same time with these Bitcoin ETFs in the background and, and sort of their promises of, of all the dazzling sort of promises that they might be able to, to offer you at the same time. So yeah, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to what I just said, but I did have yeah, a question I mean, after that. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, you as an individual, you can do the best that you can to pass on that knowledge, but ultimately, you know, how they man like how they interact and manage that knowledge that's something that's out of your control you know like there's nothing you can't control this if they if they do the right thing you know they have a, they have a good a good result and if they don't well then they'll learn the hard way with regard with regards to the etf one thing that maybe most some people may not be thinking of but as as glitzy as that etf is at the end of the day it's still a honeypot you know, like if there's all this money coming into this ETF, Bitcoin price goes up, blah, blah. People think, you know, they, they're making a killing. It was the best decision of their life. Government turns coercive one day. How easy is it to think, uh, for them to just put their hand on that one centralized ETF location and shut it down? It'll happen in 10, it'll happen in 10 seconds. The same way they confiscated the gold, they can do this with the ETF. Okay, so nothing beats self-custody. Okay, there's no shortcut to doing things properly. If you put your money in an ETF, you're taking that risk that one day somebody may decide that, you know, we don't want this anymore. We're going to shut it down. And everybody who's in this now, forget it. You don't have, you have, you lost access to everything that you had because for whatever, for national security of whatever bullshit, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that's, a, that's also a risk. So you have to keep that in mind when you make these, these decisions, there's no shortcut to doing the work. Unfortunately, you know, you want to have a comfortable life. Well, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable at least for a little while so that you can be comfortable the way you want later on. That was going to be my question. Do you, you just got to look at the uh, state of the the globe at the moment and what's going on over in uh, Israel and, and Palestine and uh, Russia, Ukraine, and you've got all these sort of crises going on simultaneously. The system seems to be sort of coming to its kind of ugly end or it's, it's coming to a point where people are starting to see the veil slip um, from the, you know, the, the ugly face behind it and starting to sort of question, I think. And I, I, my question really ultimately comes down to this. Do you think people are starting to wake up a little bit for, uh, or, or do you think they're just sort of uh, still got their head in the sands and a, a double pronged question, where do you see the world in 10 years? Well, look, I like to be an optimist. You know, I like to think that, you know, there's enough common sense out there that's contagious <laughs> and that'll spread, you know, in, in the right way. Um, a, lot of, a lot more folks are definitely awake, you know, in, in the last, I think, year or two. I mean, all these wars that are breaking out. I mean, how, I mean, just ask yourself, you know, a very basic question. How do we have all these wars all of a sudden? Like, who's, who's funding them, right? The answer is crystal clear. 
anyone who has an infinite access to a money printer can, can buy anything they want, do anything they like. There's no limit to what you can spend money on. So as long as you remain in that system, for whatever reason, whether it's ignorance, fear, doesn't really matter. As long as you're in it, you are contributing to all of this. When you opt, if the world were to opt out tomorrow out of fiat, the whole thing would crumble. Same day, it's done, it's finished. But when you've been living your whole life, you know, told one, one lie and you, you accept that as the norm now, well, it's a workout to, to undo this and accept that there is better money that will give you a better life. But again, you have to be uncomfortable for a little period of time until you, you see that crystal clear. And, you know, I'm hopeful that a lot more people are going to start, you know, uh, opening up their eyes properly as, as the truth continues to come out, as more people keep pushing out the right education, you keep fighting, you know, the, uh, the garbage, the, uh, the censorship and all that stuff. Ultimately, you know, good usually, pre historically good always prevails. But, you know, there's always a, a rough transition period. And it all depends on you as the individual how rough you want to make it for yourself. You know, so if you do nothing, you're in, you're in for, for, for a disaster, in my opinion. And if you do something, you will be uncomfortable for a little while, but that's okay. The, the outcome for it is, is definitely worthwhile. And with regards to self-custody, something that's very important, peer-to-peer, you cannot stop peer-to-peer, -peer. okay? That's something that needs to be really well understood. No matter what somebody tries to tell you or try to scare you or intimidate you into trying to make you think that somehow they're going to make it illegal or stop it, you cannot stop peer-to-peer. -peer. Trying to stop peer-to-peer -peer is like saying you're going to stop the wind from blowing, right? So you have to be a complete fucking moron to even, you know, think that, <clears throat> an even bigger one to think that's even possible. You cannot stop peer-to-peer. -peer. Christine Lockhart, did you hear that? Okay, so people need to understand this, you know, and stop being so fearful of meaningless words that are founded by nothing. These are all scare tactics. These are all desperate attempts to remain relevant. Nothing more. If peer-to-peer -peer was stoppable, I guarantee you they would have stopped it by now. And I assure you that peer-to-peer -peer of music, movies, software, you know, the big plague of 20, 30 years ago, that too would have disappeared if there was genuinely a way to stop peer-to-peer. -peer. So just keep that in mind that as long as you do the work, you learn what's involved you become untouchable money-wise. You want to be sovereign? You want that whole concept of fuck you money? This is it. There's never been a better fuck you money than Bitcoin. But it just requires you to sit down, learn it, and apply it. That's it. And if you're living in a jurisdiction that's a pain in the ass, pack up and leave. As hard as it is, you have to weigh the outcome. Do I live here and put up with this rubbish? Or do I uproot and move? Eh, it's uncomfortable maybe for a few weeks. 
but ultimately my life, the life of my kids will be better because there are many jurisdictions around the world that are not playing these games, that are openly inviting, embracing Bitcoin, embracing freedom in its true essence and people are voting with their feet and their money, they're packing up and they're leaving as they should. You know, as they say, you go where you're treated best. You don't have to put up with rubbish. Yeah, um, we also uh, like to, well, I'm a bit, I'm a bit flabbergasted, <laughs> Tony. So <laughs> it, it's, uh, well, it's been a long day, but like it's been a lot of input and uh, fascinated by your thought processes. Uh, we like to end each of our um, rabbit hole stories with a little bit of challenge for the guests itself. And the challenge is the following. We want to prove the saying, all roads lead back to Bitcoin. And what we do is we give our guests a word and they have to associate it either through a very easy way, like you can buy Bitcoin with this, or maybe they have an anecdote or you know a story or something to prove that that word actually leads back to Bitcoin. So are you ready for your word? Sure, I think so. <laughs> Let's try this. And we actually, we actually took it because of your username, because it has a rose in it. So how does rose or roses, if it helps in the plural, lead back to Bitcoin? My name is based on the movie V for Vendetta. Okay, it's, uh, that, that's where it comes from. It stands for victory for Bitcoin. And that's the symbol, symbol of victory, symbol of freedom, symbol of living a dignified life and a big fat no to anyone that thinks that they're going to dictate how I'm going to live my life. That's what it, that's what it represents for me. That's that's brilliant, and uh, I love it. V Vendetta, Vendetta is uh, an awesome uh, movie, and uh, if you haven't seen it, or uh, highly recommended, highly highly recommend it. Uh, there's 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 so many things that relate back to uh, Bitcoin. Once you watch it through a Bitcoin lens, it's very fascinating. And Tony, it's been fascinating hearing your insights and your perspectives and your sort of uh, passion. And uh, if you was to be asking me to to board your ship uh, to show show me the way to self sovereignty, I'll be jumping on it with joy, feeling happy. And uh, if anyone else wants to reach out to you guys, it's the BitcoinWay.com, I think it is. It's yes, correct. That. And and uh, for you on on the the socials with X, it's uh, if anyone wants to follow uh, Tony there, it's uh, V4BTC. Um, so guys, reach out to him and his team because um, from what I'm hearing and the feedback that I'm getting from various other sources that you guys uh, not only hold people's hand and steer the ship in the right direction, but you care about uh, bringing people into understanding how important self-sovereignty is. So on behalf of myself and the rest of the ecosystem, thank you for all your hard work and the rest of your team as well. It's been a fascinating conversation with you. And for all you listeners out there, thank you for your finite time and, and as for you, Tony, as well. And uh, for everyone, stay curious. Thank you so much for having me, man. This was a brilliant conversation. And I'm hoping, you know, we onboard a lot more people into the space and build one fascinating world for us and everybody coming after us.